Life Audio. Probably once a week, I get an email from a woman that has said that the Lord has called her or senses that the Lord is calling her to take this next step to do something specific to their circle of influence. And yet there's always this insecurity of, am I even qualified to do this? Is this something that God's telling me to do? How do I do it? And so to answer those questions, I invited my friend Rebecca George on for our Friends and Family Friday because she just wrote a book called Do the Thing. And so together, Rebecca and I have this conversation around how do we know? if it's God calling us to do this and how do I actually do that? How do I step into that calling? So I pray that this episode is going to be a blessing to you. Our conversation was a blessing to me. Stay tuned. Hey friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? And how do you know the difference? Do you ever struggle to feel confident in your relationship with God and what he says in his word? Do you sometimes feel stagnant or like maybe you hit a wall in your spiritual life? Hey, I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach, and I have been there. I too was doubting God's voice in my own life. I felt insecure about my relationship with Him, and I wanted to be obedient to what God was calling me to do, but I wasn't quite sure how to figure out what that was. I felt like I was wasting time trying to figure it out, and I just wanted a way to understand His will for my life. The answer for me was found in the pages of the scriptures as I learned how to understand what they were actually saying. If you're ready to grow in your faith and to step confidently into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's word so that you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. Today we have another one of our friends and family Fridays. And I invited my friend Rebecca George on to talk about her life, what God's been doing, her new book. So Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Rachel, for having me. I'm so excited to be with you. Yeah. So um, Rebecca, you wrote a new book called Do the Thing, and I'm so excited to share that with our listeners today. Can you just share a little bit about you, your life, what God's been doing in you, and then what led you to write this book? Yeah, I would love to. I would say I wear a lot of hats, So, and you do too. So you get when people ask you this question, it's like, okay, let me tell you about the hats that I wear. So I would say first and foremost, I am Justin's wife, my husband is a lead pastor of our local church here in East Tennessee. And so it's a joy to get to walk alongside him in local church ministry. So that's a huge part of my life. And outside of that, vocationally, I am a speaker and author, as you mentioned, and I lead the podcast community called Radical Radiance, which really just has a heart to have just really special conversations that point us back to what it looks like to radiate the heart of Christ and all that we do. And it goes back to this verse in the Psalms, actually, which is, is funny because you know, I had a conversation that you guys are walking through the Psalms. God put this verse on my heart as I was naming the show. And it's Psalm 34 verse five that says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. So we love having those conversations about abiding in Jesus and hearing from him and looking to him so that we can radiate him to the world around us. So as an offshoot of that, I would say the book kind of comes into play there, really seeking to have a more gospel-centered perspective as it pertains to our calling and and how we're using our gifts and talents to the glory of God and to build God's kingdom. As I look back over the last probably decade of my life, I've been speaking and doing ministry for a while. I just found myself having these conversations with women where they would say something to the effect of, 
I feel my heart stirred towards maybe a particular issue or need I see in the world. And I feel like my gifts and talents could come in and and meet that need. And I could serve God in that way, but something would be holding them back. Most times, sometimes it was fear. Sometimes it was doubt, insecurity, comparison, feeling like somebody was out there doing it maybe better than they could do and wondering if they were the girl for the job. Any of those things that we, we all wrestle through as women And the more conversations I had like that, I realized it felt real similar to some of those moments in my own life where I had to really look to scripture to say, okay, what does God's word say about this particular rub that maybe I'm feeling in my calling and how do I overcome and push past that so that I can take those next steps of obedience. And so that's really the heart of do the thing is not a, uh, a a reader said a couple of weeks ago that her fear in picking up the book was that it would be a recipe for self-sufficiency because the way it was titled, she felt like, oh, this is for the ambitious, you know, go-getter girl. And it is purposefully because my heart is really to point us to what does scripture say about these particular issues that we're all facing in our calling and how do we see that as our foundation rather than some of the other narratives that we see out in the world so that we can take those next steps of faith as God leads us. You know, I love it because my first book was actually called go and it's, Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very similar. And it is some of the, again, the same kind of insecurities um, or the obstacles that we face and how the Lord just kind of worked through all of that. And so I love that because I think it is such evidence of, this common thread that we see of women having this insecurity where the enemy tries to hold women back from their, from their God-given purpose. And I think when we're not in this place of pursuing God's purpose for our lives, there are so many symptoms of that that come out in different ways. And so I just love this, um, this echo that we see that the Holy Spirit is doing because we can tell it's important to him. Can you share what the Do the Thing Manifesto is that you talk about in the book? Yeah. Well, as I started writing, I felt like this wasn't just your run-of-the-mill nonfiction trade book that we would just read and set on our shelf and do nothing with. I really felt like it was this message that we needed to unpack with the Lord. We might come back to a particular chapter in a certain moment in our calling in the future. And so as we thought about how we wanted to structure it, Uh, One of the things was the Do The Thing Manifesto, and I really wanted to allow space for readers to take sort of a statement from each chapter that would really kind of sum it up of what we talked about and the encouragement that they could really take from it. And so they could come back to that on hard days. And so throughout the book, after every chapter, there is the revealing of a new statement in the longer Do the Thing manifesto. And so at the end of the book, readers can read the entire manifesto is just sort of this collection of encouraging statements that relate back to each individual chapter. And so I've had some readers tell me they printed it out and posted it on their bathroom mirror. I've had readers print it out and stick it in their Bible. Um, and just kind of have it at the ready so that when they needed that little jolt of encouragement as they open God's word, they could go back to it. And so I pray that continues to happen, um, not just really not at all because it's my words, but because their statements grounded in God's word. And yeah. so that's my prayer for it. You know, I love that. And if I'm thinking through my own insecurities when I was at that point in my life where 
I had that inkling, like I knew God was calling me to do something, but there was all these insecurities around it. Um, it's interesting because you say something that I always say, um, you say deferred obedience is really disobedience in disguise. And what I say is delayed obedience is disobedience. And so yeah. we understand that from scripture, but can you unpack that a little bit? Because I think yeah. for many of us, we're stuck in that whole, we know God's calling it to, us to do something. We may even have an inkling of what it is, but yeah. we're just sitting on it. And that that delay can then sometimes cross over into disobedience. And how do you yes. know what what the difference is and, and how do we how do we deal with that? Yes. Yeah, I love this topic. And I'll first say I had a conversation just the other day with a friend on something that I'll have to share with you after we stop recording. But I said to her, I know in my heart at this point that it would be disobedience for me not to take that next step. Yeah. And I think that's an an opposite way of saying what we're both saying, right? Like when we reach that point where we have heard clearly from God, we know our next step of faith, but we are actively choosing for a variety of reasons, maybe to not take that next step. And so a couple of things that I think this can look like in our lives, and maybe as, as listeners hear me unpack this, they might think, Ooh, maybe I've, I've done that in the past, or maybe I'm doing that now. And I need to really ask God to search my heart for my next steps. One way it can look in our lives is we give excuses, right? We, we look at our capacity and maybe we are mothering, um, young kids, and we're just in the throes of motherhood. And yet for a year now, we have felt our hearts stirred to, I'm just making up arbitrary examples, leading a discipleship group in the context of our local church. That has been on our hearts for a long time, but we've chosen, you know, maybe this isn't the season for me, or maybe, um, maybe we're already too busy in our family life. And those are all really good and valid things to consider and say as we pursue these opportunities God puts before us, right? And what I think sometimes we don't do is really with intention, look at how we're spending our time and say, okay, God, you have stirred my heart towards this particular opportunity to lead this group within my local church. If I were to take that next step of faith, what could that look like for our family? Do I have an hour on Tuesday evenings to have some girls over and lead this group, right? And, and having that conversation with your spouse. Again, I'm just kind of taking this example out to its end. And so I think we can make excuses. That can be one way that that kind of manifests in our lives. Another is, um, I call it the living on a prayer, living on a prayer gal. Like we will say to all of our friends, like I've really been thinking really been praying about leading this maybe small group in my local church. And you've been saying that for a very, very long time. And it is good and right and holy to pray about something that God has stirred your heart towards. And when we hear clearly from him, what our next step is to just continue to stew and stir in it becomes disobedience as we're talking about, right? And so what I'm not talking about is that moment of uncertainty where you're really asking the Lord for wisdom and discernment. That is when we should be praying and asking for that wisdom and discernment, which the book of James tells us God will give us liberally if we ask him for it. I'm talking about the moment where we know, right? And we have all had those moments where we've maybe chosen not to take that next step. And so that would be kind of my encouragement, not only on what it might look like in our lives, 
but that moment when we know in our hearts that we need to take that next step and we've just chosen, we've chosen not to. Yeah. That's such an important distinction. We're going to take a short break right here and we come back. We'll continue our conversation with Rebecca. Stay tuned. Then I kind of want to transition a little bit. So for women that have taken that initial step of obedience and they're starting to do the thing, whatever it is, if it's leading a Bible study or working in ministry or, um, you know, whatever it is that God has called them to. I think what I see a lot of times is women will do that. They'll do that part, but then it gets hard. You know, you're, you have a target on your back and the enemy's after you or, you know, sickness, or it doesn't go as well as you thought it was going to go. And so there's this confusion around like, okay, God, I thought you called me to do this thing. Why isn't it working? And so you talk about spirit led sick And why is that important? And I, I, I want you to kind of speak to that a little bit, because I think that is something that any of us that have done ministry for a long time have wrestled with. Absolutely. And, it usually is the difference between staying in ministry and quitting. And so I want you to speak to that a little bit. You talk about that in the book. Yes, I do. I dedicate a whole chapter to it because, man, I I don't think we can talk about our calling as disciples of Jesus and following him faithfully without talking about what does it look like to endure, right? Because that's a reality for all of our callings. And I, I think we're all collectively as the body of Christ walking out of this post-pandemic situation that we all find ourselves in facing this moment of really most of us are in in this space of needing to endure wherever we are, wherever God's called us. And so spirit-led stick-to-itiveness is the word that I like to really place on endurance because I think it's maybe more of a creative way of saying what we have to do as we are all enduring in our call. And a story that I share that I think is really helpful as we think about this is one of my marathons that I ran many years ago. It was the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital Marathon in Memphis, Tennessee. And I had trained for this particular race for many, many months. I had a goal in mind and I was super excited about it. And I woke up on race day and it was way warmer than I was comfortable to run 22, 26.2 miles in. <laughs> and so I got started in the race and just was not um, running at the pace that I would have I would have loved to have been able to run at that particular day. And I was starting to get heat exhaustion symptoms and I was just weary. I was just tired and I was having to endure, which looks and feels a lot like some of those moments in our lives. And late in the race, it was around mile 20. I came and I can close my eyes and visualize where I was on the race course. When this happened, I came to this bridge coming back into downtown Memphis. And I saw this family kind of stationed underneath the bridge and there was a mom and dad and um, there's a little girl in a, in a wheelchair. And the closer I get to the little girl, I'm kind of piecing together that she's likely a patient at the hospital. And um, throughout the race, there's families that line the streets and encourage and cheer you on. And and so that's what they were doing. And the closer I get, she, she, she begins to cheer my name, which is on my bib kind of as I'm, I'm running by. And so the closer I get to her, I see that she has a poster in her hands and the poster says the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is living inside of you. You can do this. 
The same power that raised Jesus from the grave is living inside of you. You can do this. And I, I just, I ran by her and, you know, kind of gave her an air high five as I passed. And for the remaining 6.2 miles, I repeated that biblical truth to myself, right? Rebecca, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, the Holy Spirit resides in you. You can do this. And as I reflect on that marathon memory, I think these moments of endurance and weariness in the battle and in our calling feel a lot like that moment at mile 20 of that marathon, where what matters is that we root ourselves in biblical truth and remembering not only our identity in Christ because of the finished work of Jesus on the cross and our relationship with the father because of that and those those just rich biblical truths of the Holy spirit is residing in us. I think as women, many times we think that it's all on us or all up to us to accomplish God's agenda. And that's just absolutely not true. We get to partner with God and how he wants to work in and through us. And, and a big piece of that is we have the Holy spirit residing in us. Right. And so we are able to endure because of those truths and because of those realities as a follower of Christ. And so again, I, I would point us back to, I don't think it's that we won't experience those moments in our calling. You and I have both been in ministry long enough to know that that's true, but where are we turning when we do, right? Are we rooting ourselves in that biblical truth so that we're able to to hear from the Lord, so that we're able to walk with courage and endurance in those moments, not because of self-sufficiency or our own strength, but because we're we're leaning into and relying on him. And so that was a lot to unpack, but that's that's kind of my heart for that mm-hmm. spirit led stick to itiveness. Yeah, I love that. And you know, I think for anybody that's done anything for a length of time, whether it's ministry or like my husband, um, he's in the medical field. And I I think it's natural, no matter what you're doing to have moments where you just want to quit. That's part of the human experience. Um, And so that endurance and remembering the calling, why you got started in the first place is so important um, because we are human. That's part of the human experience. But then I think there's also a flip side of that. If you go to the other extreme, and I think about this in terms of my own life, um, you know, a couple years ago, I... I didn't, I had never experienced this before, but the Lord was doing a transition where he was calling me out of one assignment and calling me into a next. I left local church ministry to do full-time missions. Um, And I, it was kind of one of those things where I probably knew it for about a year or two prior to when I, you know, I was in that whole delayed, (laughs) delayed obedience. Um, And yet what I found myself doing is being so committed to enduring and so committed to that initial call that it then crossed over to striving. And so you talk about the root of striving and why that's a calling killer. And I think for me, I like knew I was called. I knew that I was called to full-time ministry. That was non-negotiable. But I think for me, I didn't recognize that sometimes the assignment changes within our calling. And I was striving so much. Um, in my own flesh to be committed and endure in that initial calling that it kind of blocked out 
that voice of the Holy Spirit that was calling me into this new stage. And so I wondered if you could call talk a, a little bit about the call, what you call the calling killer and this idea of striving and, and how do we tell the difference between is this endurance or is this striving? Oh, yeah, it is a fine line. I'll, I'll first say, and I'll also say that you're talking to a girl who has battled with this most of her life. Yeah. Um, and just the, the concept of performance and achievement has been something that I've really wrestled through with the Lord. And I think there are ways that it shows up in our lives, right. That we can probably recognize a few of those might be anxiety. Um, if we, if we in a normal world, in a normal season, don't usually find ourselves battling anxiety, but we wake up with maybe that just like heaviness on our chest, or we're already feeling like we're behind when we start our day. Uh, Maybe we look at our to-do list at the end of the day, and there's some things that we didn't get to cross off. And we think, oh man, I just, I have to work to get these things done. I can't push them to tomorrow. And and I'm doing that many days in a, maybe in a row. There are just ways that I think we can begin to recognize, okay, my heart has crossed over from self-discipline into very clearly into striving. And so something that the Lord has been really challenging me in my own life, especially as I launched this book, because as you know, as we walk into a season like this, one of the greatest temptations is to think that I have to do it all. And striving is very easy to slip into in a season like this. And so something the Lord's been challenging me on is Something that I think we oppose out in the world, but I think God's word has so much to say about these two ideas, and it's this idea of grace and self-discipline. I think in the world, when we read maybe a, a secular book about our purpose and calling and, and hear maybe some of these similar ideas addressed maybe in a different way, we can look at the idea of grace and maybe focusing on ourselves and self-care almost to the extreme right? There's that sort of narrative over here. And then on the opposite side of the spectrum, there's self-discipline to the extreme, which is what you described, where we feel that we have to get up earlier and drink all of the water and read all of the self-development books to improve and get better and get faster so that we can endure. I don't think either of those extremes are what God intended for us. Right. I believe with all of my heart that what he has given us to do, what he's equipped us to do, he will provide the resources and the time and the energy for us to do those things for his glory. And so in that, I think we get the honor as a follower of Christ of holding both grace and self-discipline at the same time. An example would be I was on a run a few months ago at my parents' home. It was a route that I've ran probably hundreds of times in my life. But on this particular day, I was really struggling. I have moved with my husband over the last year. We bought a house. We've transitioned into a new church. It's just been a really crazy season. And I've been riding my Peloton bike a lot more than I've been outdoors running just because of time. And so I was out there running and I was struggling and I broke to a walk and I was praying. And I just sensed the Holy Spirit say, Rebecca, you know, you can hold both, right? Like you are not in a season where you can run like you used to run. And that's okay. It's okay to walk. You can have grace for your body in the season that you're in. And also you can finish, 
Like even if that means you have to walk, you can have the self-discipline to finish. And so I think as we look to scripture, we see Paul talk about boasting all the more gladly in his weaknesses so that the power of Christ can rest upon him and, and, and us as we take that truth. And I think we can think about, you know, the self-discipline aspect and see whatever you drink or do due to the glory of God, right? Like there's a case for both. And I think we can hold both and in doing so, I think it helps us battle striving in a more biblically grounded way. You know, it's so interesting um, because I think that has been something that I've talked about a lot on the show. I think that we as women go through is these seasons of holding two things at once. Yeah. And yet we don't really talk about that or we don't really acknowledge that. We just struggle and wrestle between the two. And yet we see clearly that both things can be true at the same time. And so, you know, there have been times, even ministry wise, where I know a hundred percent that I'm doing what God has called me to do, but I'm still weary. And I think in those moments, it's important that we don't quit, but that we rest. And it's that whole principle of Sabbath, which, um, one of the things that you talk about, and I think is a really important aspect of that is time management. And, and I think, you know, we as women tend to just do all the things and hold the house together and I got to go get the kids and I got to do the, you know, whatever my list is a mile long. Um, and I think sometimes even just the simple practice of time management is something that we overlook and yeah. we don't, I mean, we all know it, but we don't actually practice it. So what are some of the things that you do to make sure that you're managing your time wisely? Yeah, I'll say first that I don't think this issue is a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. I think for every woman, this is going to look different. I think for every season, this is going to look different. What I say works for me today might not work one day when me and my husband have children, right? And so I think there's so much grace for that. And there's so much um, of just this sense of like, hear me unpack this and take what you need. Right. And so for me, I will say one real practical, like you could go order this today thing that really helps me is I use a planner called the full focus planner by Michael Hyatt. If you've ever looked at any of his stuff or listened to any of his stuff, he's great on time management and, um, full focus company, full focus co is the name of his organization. And just the way that it's laid out just really works for me. If you're also the type of woman that wears a lot of hats, which most of us do, it helps me organize that really well. So I would definitely recommend going and checking that out. And a couple just nuts and bolts things that really help me. One would be time blocking. As I look at my time how I spend it really matters, right? And so if I have, you know, this set of hours during the day that I have to dedicate to this thing God's called me to do, or maybe my my work, um, how am I maximizing that? And, and how am I planning my time accordingly? And so a lot of days I'll start my day after I typically move my body in some way, work out, come and be in God's word. And then I'm, I'm sitting down at my desk finally, I'll walk through that exercise of kind of blocking out my day and how I'm going to spend those hours. And that helps me stay really focused and have a lot of intention as it comes to my time and where I can, and this doesn't work for everything, but in some instances, I love batch working. 
And I know I, I didn't come up with this idea, but I absolutely believe in it of thinking through tasks that maybe are repetitive. Maybe they happen every month or just in, as an example for me and you, you know, with having podcasts, um, we have to create marketing resources that go along with those so that we can get them out into the world. And so I will spend maybe 30 minutes designing some graphics for an entire month so that I don't have to think about that again until the next month rolls around. So that's just a, a quick example. But those are a few things that at a high level, I think really help me manage all my hats really well. And and I say that because I think a lot of us are in that space where we have to do that. And so hopefully those things might help. Yeah. And I think um, that's so important because I think sometimes there's this tendency to think, okay, well, if God's called me to it. He'll give me the strength and the skills to do it, which is absolutely true, but that doesn't just happen. Like we have to be that's intentional right. about putting processes in place to get us from point A to point B. And I think um, sometimes we miss that point um, because we want to think that we're super women and we can do it all and um, not have those, those limitations. Um, I, I think and as we're starting to, um, I, we don't have a whole lot of, a whole lot of time left and I, I do want to spend a little bit of time in prayer but one last question that I think is something that regardless of what area you're in is something that happens with women is um, they get to a place where they're figuring it out they're stepping out into their calling they're doing what God's called, called them to do they are enduring in those hard moments but yet that inner critic takes over and, you know, some call it imposter syndrome, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I think it's something that we all struggle no matter what area we're working yeah. in. And um, I'd like you to maybe just speak to that a little bit because you talk about that in the book and how the Bible helps you silence that inner critic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll first say, I think as women, I have seen this sort of resurgence of um, just this encouragement rooted in the fact that like, we are enough in Christ, that we are worthy, that we are worthy in Christ. And those are beautiful, awesome biblical truths. And I think sometimes we need to finish the sentence. And sometimes we don't take that far enough to remember that we are enough and we are worthy only and especially because of Jesus's finished work on the cross and our restored relationship with God the Father and now as a as a follower of Christ as we talked about earlier in the episode we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us as we take those next steps of obedience and so i think many times it is rooting ourselves in those biblical truths those just core biblical truths of what it means to be a follower of Christ as a starting place. And then an exercise that I work through that I think can be extremely helpful. If there's something that, you know, you just keep finding yourself almost ruminating on maybe something that you're having a hard time getting, getting past or getting through. Um, and you know, maybe this, I, this area of, um, your inner critic, I always go to that passage in Philippians where Paul's talking about our thought lives and what we should be thinking on, right? And there's a, there's a list and we're probably many of us familiar with that scripture. And I find it so helpful to ask myself two sets of questions. So the first set of questions is, um, is this true? And I fill in all of those questions. Is this true? Is this praiseworthy? Is this honorable? Um, is it worthy of praise? And I journal through that as I'm praying through, okay, 
no, this actually isn't true. This actually isn't what I'm believing isn't true of what God says about me in his word. And then on the right, right hand side of my journal, I'll ask a second set of questions that say, well, if that's not true, if that's not worthy of praise, then what is, what is true? What is just, what is honorable? What is worthy of praise? And I search God's word for the answers to those questions. And Many times that exercise alone will help me kind of get above the surface of whatever area I may be struggling in to, to overcome that, that area where I feel like, um, the enemy has crept in in some way, or, or I'm believing something that's not in line with scripture. And so those are a couple truths and, and something that I've found myself doing a lot as I've walked through those moments myself. I love that. I love that. Well, Rebecca, as we close out, I always pray for our listeners. And I was wondering if you would uh, do the honors of praying today and maybe specifically praying for that woman. I mean, I feel like at least once a week I get an email or a message from somebody that's saying, you know what, I feel like the Lord is calling me to do this, but I don't know that I can do it, you know, and, and, and they're struggling because they're starting to sense the Lord calling them, but it's that insecurity that's holding them back. So if you could specifically pray for that woman that's right in that space, because I know that we both have a heart for helping women being confident and moving into their God-given calling, um, because I think that's where a lot of women find themselves. And I would just like yeah. to have you cover them in prayer. Oh, I would be honored to. God, we just thank you so much for this time that we've shared today. And I just come to you um for this woman and all of these women who were probably listening, walking through a similar moment where maybe they are weary or they don't know their next step. And God, I just first pray that you would just give them great wisdom and discernment. As we look in the book of James, James one, you, you say that when we ask you for that, when we ask for wisdom, you give that liberally without reproach. And I just pray that for every woman listening as she is making maybe a hard decision or she's taking those shaky steps of next, you know, next steps of obedience. I pray that you would just be so present in her life and give her that wisdom that she needs as she makes those decisions and takes those next steps. And God, there, there are so many things that get in the way of our obedience. As we talked about, maybe it's fear, maybe it's doubt, maybe it's insecurity. And God, I pray that in each one of those moments, you would remind us of what you say in your word about fear, about um, doubt, about insecurity, and and remind us of, again, first and foremost, our identity in you and, and what that means in our everyday lives. And I pray that we would live like that's true as we take those next steps of obedience. And so I cannot wait to see what you do in the lives of these women that are listening to this conversation, who are all coming to this podcast episode with their different set of life experiences and next steps of faith. And God, you know exactly how you want to use each one of these women to grow your kingdom, to advance the gospel. And and God, I pray that to be so as these women take their next steps. And um, I pray that we would do that with you hand in hand as we take those faithful next steps. And so God, we thank you just for this time and for your word and all the rich truth that we get to just live out as, as followers of Christ. And um, God, ultimately we just thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and, and what that means for 
for us in our lives here on earth and what we're living for ultimately one day in heaven. And so God, we thank you again for this time. And I thank you for Rachel and her ministry. I pray that you continue to bless her as this podcast continues to go forth. And I pray that it would just continue to reach new listeners. And God, we thank you for how you speak and how you guide us and how you've guided her to this ministry. And we ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I feel like we could talk all day. (laughs) Me too. Um, can you share with our listeners how they can get a copy of your book, how they can find you, where they can um, listen to your podcast, all those things? I would love to. I'm probably the most active over on Instagram and my handle is Rebecca George Author. And you can grab the book anywhere you like to buy books, Amazon, Christian Book, Barnes and Noble. And again, the full title is Do the Thing, Gospel-Centered Goals, Gumption, and Grace for the Go-Getter Girl. And we are doing special conversations over on the Radical Radiance podcast that point back to each individual chapter of Do the Thing. So I've had a conversation with somebody that I feel like really embodies this well or is written on that topic. And so they've been just such rich conversations that have encouraged and blessed my heart so much. And so I really look forward to sharing those and would love to have listeners over there as well. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Rachel. I know you've been frustrated with being confident in how to tell the difference between hearing from God and wondering if it's your own voice. Listen, I know. I've been there myself. That's why I wrote the Bible study, She Hears, Learning to Listen to Jesus. This is a six-week study that takes you through the book of John, looking at six women in the life of Jesus. It also teaches the color method of Bible study, which helps you to learn how to really understand the scriptures. I include lots of cultural and historical information, and it really makes these familiar passages of scripture just come alive. This is a great study to do on your own, to do with some girlfriends or even some teenage girls, and it will help you really gain the confidence in how to hear from the Lord and set you up with some tools that will stay with you long after the study is over. You can find that on my resources page at shehears.org, where there are also some really good resources to help you in your spiritual growth. I pray that they are a blessing for you. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call on your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.